Welcome to the program, listeners. Tyler Friel with you on Let's Talk, WISR, 680 AM, 107.5 FM. Great to have you aboard with us here on the program. Today, of course, Let's Talk, the half hour where we sit down and chat with various organizations, businesses, nonprofits, and more. And today, we're chatting with our friends at the Independence Health System. Our guest today is Dr. Reka Pinto. She is the lead physician, cardiac CT. And Dr. Pinto joins us by telephone. Dr. Pinto, good to talk to you and welcome. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Happy to be here. Before we get our conversation started today, I wanted to let you know about the variety of ways that you can listen to Let's Talk. Of course, you can hear us over the air at 680 AM and 107.5 FM. You can also stream us online at WISR680.com. You'll also be able to hear us on the Spotify app. So if you're a Spotify user, you can listen to all of your favorite Let's Talk programs there. And you can also hear all of our shows on our website, WISR680.com. We're also on the smart speaker as well so anywhere really where you're listening to audio you can find uh the let's talk program so dr reka pinto our guest again today from independence health system so dr pinto i introduce you as the lead physician cardiac ct let's start there what exactly does that title mean so i truly uh you know currently run this cardiac cta program uh at you know butler mainly for the independence health system and uh, that I oversee the functions of the whole program, and uh, that's why I am the lead physician there. So CTA, uh, what do those acronyms stand for? So coronary CT is, you know, uh, the, the, the computer, you know, the CT like any CT scan, and A stands for angiography, which is basically, uh, you know, when we look at the blood vessels, you know, we typically use the word angiography when we see dye in vessels. So it's just easier to say CTA then, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, CTA, you're right. So uh, what are we looking for? So if we were to be called into uh, your your department, your, your unit, uh, and we are getting the CTA, what exactly are we looking at? What are we testing for? So what, we, what I typically manage are two main things. One is called a coronary calcium score. The second one is called the coronary CTA. And what we are trying to do is kind of predict for the coronary calcium score is we get CTs on people. Here we don't use any dye or contrast like we mentioned. And we try to predict the risk of heart disease in them. When I do a coronary CTA, it is like any other CT that you know people are familiar with but it's mainly a ct of the vessels of the heart we have to use uh you know contrast or dye like you know the word contrast or dye that people commonly use and for that we look at if someone comes in with chest pain then we see if they have blockages causing you know the chest pain so we look at the anatomy of the heart we look if there are blockages there so you mentioned, and we'll start with the cardiac calcium score testing part. Um, what would bring, is this something that if I'm having no issues, if my heart feels good, I feel healthy, am I still getting a calcium score test? Or is this something that is given to a certain demographic or somebody that is battling a certain issue? How do we determine if we're going to be eligible or if we do get calcium score testing? So calcium score is a predictor of risk, like we say. So uh, the better way to tell, 
to explain uh, in, in, you know, in a general way would be like, think about cholesterol, right? You don't have symptoms, but you have high cholesterol that eventually will cause symptoms. So when we do calcium scoring, what we do is we use this low-dose CT scan. We just do a CT scan of your heart. And when we do that, we see if there are any specks of calcium in the blood vessels of the heart. Whenever there is what we use, the word plaque formation or like the beginnings of blockages, the heal, it's not a healing process, but part of the process is to have calcium in the plaque. And then when you have calcium in the plaque, it's a marker that you have already started, you know, the the blockage process or the atherosclerotic process, like I mentioned. So that's what it is. So it will tell you that you do, it, it'll tell you, yes, you are, have, you have the beginnings of heart disease or coronary artery disease. Now it doesn't tell you how significant it is, but you know, how, like whether it's causing an 80% blockage or 30% or it just tells you, yes, you have it. So whenever, what would be instances in that you would request a patient to get this testing done? Uh, are there risk factors? Are there certain people uh, that may be inclined to get this testing more than others? How does that process work? Yeah, so what we do a lot of times is we, we it depends on the risk factors. So younger people talk about uh, men, you know, men with no family history of, of coronary artery disease in their 30s, you know, we know nine out of 10 times, they're not going to have anything there. So their risk is low. We don't worry about it. As you get older, you develop hypertension or high blood pressure, cholesterol. Some people have a bad family history of heart disease. And then you say, you know what, what is my risk of getting it? And that's when you get a calcium score in such cases. It, it gives you, like I said, besides treating those basic things like hypertension, diabetes, uh, it, uh, it helps you say, okay, fine, I do have calcium now. I have to like be really aggressive with controlling my you know, risk factors. Well, let's talk about some of those risk factors. Uh, what would be some of those at play uh, in a typical person? So what exactly, uh, you know, leads to people? You mentioned some of the genetic side of it, but what are the other risk factors that could lead people uh, to seeing those uh, calcium levels? So really the ones that are out there are, so what, what as a cardiologist, I've, most common ones that I worry about are high, high blood pressure, hypertension, that is diabetes, uh, people who are overact, overweight, people who don't walk, uh, you know, their lifestyle, have inactive lifestyles. I mentioned if you're a smoker, you have a higher, uh, you know, um, your chance of having heart disease. And then, of course, you know, uh, family history, which is very important. And then even, you know, if you think about it, age, right, as you get older, and you have these factors, then yes, you have to think about considering screening for them. So this may be a little super scientific, but I've always been curious as to how our plaque builds or how calcium builds in our arteries. So if you could walk listeners through maybe how this situation actually comes to be, why some of these risk factors or genetics, whatever it may be, can lead to calcium buildup in the arteries. So basically, um, you know, our arteries are like are like these tubes that basically, you know, carry blood in, uh, throughout the body. And whenever there's excessive 
uh, whenever there's excessive cholesterol or LDL, uh, or there are risk factors like high blood pressure and diabetes, they, this excessive cholesterol is actually lodges in the in the lining of these blood vessels, and then they form something called plaques, and then you know that's that's what and that can get worse and worse and over time you know cause occlusion or blockage and if you don't have enough blood supply going to a certain organ because you know your it's the blood flow to that is tight then you have symptoms and you have damage it's similar to i would say crud in a pipe right mm. so over time if you, if if you have really bad water or you know other impurities this gets narrower. We don't see that as often because, you know, it's, nowadays our pipes are advanced, but the concept is similar. It gets tighter and the pressure across goes, increases, and then it's hard, you know, it supplies less, less blood or water or whatever you call it. Dr. Pinto, Dr. Reka Pinto, our guest today, lead physician, cardiac CT with Independence Health System at Butler Memorial Hospital. So for folks who get these results, uh, who get, uh, okay, we're dealing with some plaque, we're dealing with some calcium, they get that news. I'm sure it's a little shock to the system initially. What can they do? Is this something that can be reversed? What types of steps can we do to at least keep these things in check? Yeah, so very important is lifestyle modification. So eat healthy, exercise, you know, the things that we keep, you know, everybody truly knows about. It's hard to follow. Uh, after a while, we, I tell people, make sure your blood sugars are okay. Check your blood pressures at home. Make sure they are in good range. Uh, and also what happens is we have medications that we use, right? So, and, and a lot of people know about cholesterol medications out there that we use to prevent, to decrease this risk. They, it'll decrease your overall cholesterol by acting on the liver most times, and then, you know, your chances of for that for that lesion or that blockage to progress would go down dramatically. How does the calcium scoring test exactly work? So if I were to come in to get this test done, what happens to me? So basically, when you come in to get the test done, you register with us, and then we we do it in the Butler Hospital CT, uh, you know, suite. And uh, you all you do is they, it's just like a regular CT. You go in, you get a CT, takes about five minutes, and then you can come out, walk out. So that's pretty simple and straightforward, then. Yes. Now you mentioned this is done without the contrast, without the dye. Um, mm -hmm. what are the advantages, you know, why, uh, is that a selling point for some folks, you know, to say, Hey, we can do this without dye or contrast is, you know, there are certain risks with that. How, how should we take a look at dye and contrast? So, uh, dye by itself, you know, is a relatively is to be fair, dye is relatively safe. However, that being said, you know, people with diabetes and people with kidney problems, dye can, you know, make their renal uh, renal function or renal problems worse. So that's what it is. There are very few people who are allergic to dye, so that's something that people should consider as well. So those so, are the things. So for the calcium score test, is that something that we work with our personal care physician in order to eventually then get to the hospital to get this testing done? Yes. Your primary care physician, I have a lot of primary care physicians in the area actually ordering these. Is this something... Uh, um, that has become a very useful tool 
when we're talking about heart health instead of, you know, the reactive measure where a heart attack or whatever may happen that you're able to get patients in earlier to diagnose and try to take some preventive steps? Yes. I mean, I would talk about it like a, you know, like a colon screening, mammograms, you know what you do. You There you don't wait, right? You, you kind of... Uh, uh, you know, what do you do? You like get your yearly mammograms at a certain age and then, you know, make sure you're not getting anything. In fact, it's probably better because here you have treatments that, you know, uh, that can decrease your risk. So uh, that's the benefit. So and, and I want, want, at this point, I want to mention, you know, there are some people who are constantly like I meet a lot of patients on the fence about whether they want to be on a cholesterol medication or not. And in such people, I think it's an excellent resource, you know, to see, to see. okay, do I have calcium? Then you know what? I need to be on my uh, statin or what cholesterol medication and aspirin, you know. Uh, there are some people who don't tolerate statins, and those people, we have newer medications, great medications that we can use. So, it's a very useful test. Are there ways that, uh, you know, I know for some folks, again, as you get older, the body's just not as uh, quick as it used to be or as sharp as it used to be. But what steps can we do to keep our cholesterol in check as we get older? I mean, the main thing is, like I said, uh, blood work. Every, you know, some people do it every year. Every year is fair. Some people do it every six months. And then you you look, we have certain parameters that we think are good for a certain age and with certain risk factors. And then based on that, you know, we advise, you know, improving your diet, improving your exercise, considering medication. Again, our guest, Dr. Ray Capinto, lead physician, cardiac CT with Independence Health System at Butler Memorial Hospital. Also want to talk about the CTA. Uh, and if you could explain this uh, a little bit and how it differs from the calcium score testing that we were talking about earlier. So the CTA is an, a more advanced test. It is typically used for patients who have symptoms. So I put it in a way that people who, you know, when, when people have blockages and they have chest pain, we do things like a stress test. Sometimes we do something called, a, uh, as a, uh, you know, uh, a, cat, a heart catheterization. Those are the words that people are typically familiar with. So this is another test or modality that we can use to look at the blood vessels of the heart. The benefit of this is this is non-invasive, meaning you don't have to go into the body of the person, you know, to look into the vessels, look at the vessels. So what we do is we have a little IV in our arm and they give you dye and we take a CT scan and that looks at the blood vessels of the heart. And it, it tells us what percent of blockage you have and what kind of blockage you have. Sometimes you have plaque that is calcified, like I mentioned earlier, which can, you can see on a CT scan. Sometimes it's not calcified. And you can see that as well. Is this, uh, maybe give me an example uh, of how this would be used on the, I know we talked a little bit about, uh, about the process, but you mentioned some sharp pains. Is this used in emergency situations? Is this used on uh, regular patients? When would a CTA be necessary? So we usually say someone comes to me and say that they have chest pain. You know, it's their chest pain is not there when I see them in the office and they're having chest pain when they walk and it goes away. Some people come to me and say they have chest pain and uh, you, they have shortness of breath, things like that. You know, that we, we do it as an, mostly as an elective procedure. 
there are different ERs now that are doing it for chest pain as well, but we do it in the non-heart attack patients. You know, wherever you would do a stress test, wherever the patient is stable but has blockage, that's where we would want to do it. For um, for you at Butler Memorial Hospital, um, you know, as these technologies seem to improve, Dr. Pinto, how much of a useful tool and how much has this technology changed the game in how you treat patients? So a lot of us, uh, actually, we, we a lot of us are doing coronary CTAs. Uh, you know, a lot of us cardiologists and some primary cares do because we can look at what the blood vessels really look like. Right. When you do a stress test, you you walk. Don't get me wrong. A stress test is a very good test. Uh, That being said, if you walk the patient, sure, they don't have a blockage that's 70 percent. But what if they have a 40 percent or a 50 percent blockage? Right. You still want to treat it. You still want to make sure that that blockage doesn't progress. So so the coronary CTA will give you that. It'll give you the 30%, 40% blockage also. Then you say, hey, you know what? You have a 30% blockage. If you're only 40 years old and you don't take care of it, you're coming back when you're 50 years old and we'll have to do a stent or a bypass, right? But if you take care of it, the chances are there's a very low chance of that progressing. So that's the benefit of a CTA. And that's why we are moving more towards it. So what was, uh, how long has the CTA been used uh, by Butler Memorial Hospital? So Butler has been using it for the past two to three years now, at least three years, I think. Yeah. So CTA is a very, uh, coronary CTA actually is a very, it's been there for more than 10 years. The problem that existed previously was that scanners were not as fast, right? And so now scanners are getting better. CT scanners are getting better and better. Technology is getting better. So we are able to see these blood vessels better. How important is that in the diagnosis, uh, in, in the diagnosis of a patient that, that you can get that number down to 30% or 50%? How does that change your instructions to the patient? So if someone is, so I'll give you a patient, give you patient scenarios here. It's easier to understand. So Say someone is, you know, I have three people who walk, all of them 50 years old. One person, you know, walks for, all of them walk for five minutes. One of them has bad chest, all of them have chest pain. One, and I do a coronary CTA on all three of them. The first one has 70% stenosis or 80% stenosis. I say, you know what, you need a heart catheterization and you may need a stent or bypass based on how many blockages I find. Right. So that's the first person. Besides that, I'm also going to treat you on all these medications that like the aspirin and the cholesterol medication, everything else to improve your life. Uh, the second person, let me say, has about a 40 percent stenosis or 50 percent stenosis. Right. If they have a 50 percent stenosis, I say, hey, you know what? You walk. Maybe your chest pain that you're getting is not coming from the heart. But that being said, you know, you have this 50 percent and you have a long life to live. So I want you for that 50% not to get progress. So I'm going to treat you with a cholesterol medication. You have to exercise so many times a day. You know, I'm going to put a, put you on a baby aspirin, and these are, this is the kind of diet you follow. So that's the second person. The third person who has the chest pain, I look at it, he has no blood. His blood, blood vessels look pristine. There's no calcium. There's nothing. So what do I tell him? Hey, you know what? You're doing a good job. You know, continue with your healthy diet and exercise, and, you know, uh, we'll watch you, you know, we'll, you know, we'll just do the regular monitoring. You don't need a statin, you don't need aspirin, you're doing well. So that's that's how CT helps us, you know, 
kind of treat patients. More accurately treat patients than maybe in the past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so how have you seen, I know we've talked specifically here about the CTA, but in your time, how has this technology changed? I mean, when you first started, what was your way of diagnosing patients? Usually uh, with a stress test, you know, which and, and a heart catheterization. So now it's like, you know, we do a lot of more, we do a lot more coronary CTAs, you know. Also, remember, sometimes stress tests can be falsely wrong. And, you know, uh, sometimes a seat, instead of going directly for a heart catheterization, we have people sending coming in for a coronary CT instead. You know, it's non-invasive and we would like to go that route before. There are some people whose stress test is, you know, is abnormal who we think need, need, need a cat, then they go directly for a cat. So the physician makes that decision based on the patient's risk. Our guest, Dr. Reka Pinto, again, lead physician, cardiac CT with Independence Health System. Well, it's great to have you on, Dr. Pinto, because February is Go Red for Women Month and talking about just heart health for women. Uh, Heart disease, Dr. Pinto, seems to be still an issue that this country is battling. Uh, Is this still something that is very prevalent to us? Yes, it is. You know, about 700, uh, you know, thousand Americans, you know, suffer from heart attacks, have heart disease. One person dies every, uh, you know, 40 seconds in the United States from uh, heart disease. That's so a very common problem. And a lot of it is preventable. That's the, that's where, you know, that's what's important. And that's what maybe I'm asking anecdotally here, but in the number of patients that you work with, what would you say is the X percentage of folks who have a, a genetic issue with their heart versus those who have had those risk factors, whether it would be smoking, overweight? I mean, uh, maybe not hard numbers on this, but just anecdotally, could you say what percentage is those who are engaging in bad habits and those who have it genetically? So I would not be the best person to ask that question. You have to talk to a primary care and let me tell you why. Because everybody who comes to me has a heart problem, right? Mm. Otherwise, they wouldn't be here. I'm a cardiologist. So for me, everybody has a heart problem. Uh, That being said, you know, most people I see who come to me, come to me for high blood pressure and cholesterol and, uh, you know, uh, so those are the problems. And there is a large prevalence of hypertension in our communities. I can tell you that. How important is it for people to not delay care? If they are having some chest pains, if they are feel like they have some heart issues, why is it so important to make sure that this is something they get taken care of? So it depends, uh, you know, with every, so whenever someone has chest pain or shortness of breath, remember there's less blood supply going to that part of the heart and you do have damage to the heart. So that's one thing to consider. And secondly, you know, just as, you know, you don't, you want to relieve your symptoms. You want to live a full life, right? That's also important. Sometimes blockages in, are in parts where they can be life-threatening. It doesn't happen all the time, but it does. So those are the different, uh, you know, that's why people should seek immediate care. Again, talking and talking with Dr. Ray Capinto, Butler Memorial Hospital Independence Health System. You said you are a cardiologist. Uh, what led you to get into this after you were in medical school? Why Why did you want to study cardiology? I mean, I think I was really interested in the subject as itself. Uh, I love, you know, working with patients who, you know, who have heart disease and, you know, what, what the 
the field has to offer. I love talking to patients as well. I think, you know, they have different perspectives to, to the disease. So I think that got me in. And what could you say about the team uh, that you work with that if patients were to come up and uh, undergo some of this testing work with you and your team, uh, what type of group of people should they expect to be working with? I mean, we have a really fantastic team, to be fair. Um, we have lots of people, lots of doctors and APPs to help us. Uh, APPs are like, you know, practitioners. Uh, but our doctors are very well-informed, you know, uh, easy to easy to chat with, work with. So I think, you know, Butler's out there. It's, it's doing very well. It's uh, I would say I would see no reason why someone would go to another system. And how do people get in touch uh, with the cardiology department? Is it mainly working through their PCP or, you know, where can they reach out to you guys? Where are you guys located? As you mentioned, you know, the, the health system is wide and vast, but uh, where can people access more information? I mean, we, we have a phone number, uh, you know, you can always call the, off the central line if you're having a problem, but always try to talk to your PCP as well. I don't want you to be trying to get in and not, you know, and not talk to a PCP who's known you for many years. That's important. Uh, we have a phone, uh, you know, an office phone number, and it's, um, do you want me to give it out? Or yes. Do you want yeah, to, sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's one eight six 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 two zero six seven six one. We have multiple offices. We have the Crossroads campus. We go to Clarion, Elwood, Indiana. We go to Seneca, Sevenfield, and Slippery Rock. Uh, our team of doctors to go to all these different places. So you guys um, are in an, so, every community there uh, in the corners of Butler and beyond. Yes. Yes, we are. So for folks who've been listening to this conversation, Dr. Pinto, if you could give them one message to be, Hey, if this is the one thing you could take away from our conversation today, what would you want the, the listeners to know? I think that we should think about prevention of heart health like prevention of other diseases as well. I think we're very big on, you know, preventing, uh, you know, colon cancer and breast cancer and things like that. As far as heart health, you know, we don't see, like, you know, there are no regulations put in place besides cholesterol and things like that. I think, but think about it, you know, you always think about if you have a bad cholesterol and your high blood pressure, then, you know, do you need a calcium score? Do you think that'll help you if you're not on a cholesterol medication, you know? And also to remember the different services out there. Uh, like I said, we are, we have, you know, the newest services out there compared to rest of America. So think about us and think about themselves. It seems like the toolbox is growing then for how we're able to treat heart disease. Yes, it is. Now we have like, you know, we have something called HeartFlow that we work with. This is a AI-based system of the cloud. And, you know, they do, you know, just not anatomy. We look at these, these lesions or these blockages physiologically. We can also come up now with the kind of plaque you have, the burden of plaque, and these different things. So it's really moving towards the, the world now in cardiology is you know, moving also towards prevention. I think they, you know, like we can see discrete markers of where we can see improvement, how to prevent disease, you know, not just treat. The last decade was about treating heart disease. Now we're more focused on preventing it. 
I'm always amazed in conversations with I uh, that I have with uh, all of the folks from Independence Health System about just where technology has come over the last 10 years when it comes to a variety of different disease and issues. This seems to fall right in line with that, Dr. Pinto. Yes, it does. Yes, it is. Uh, I would say very, it, you know, we are, uh, we are really moving ahead when it comes to heart disease and prevention of heart disease. Dr. Reka Pinto, the lead physician, cardiac CT with Independence Health System. Dr. Pinto, appreciate you making the time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. If you missed any of our program, as always, you can check it out online, WISR680.com. I'm Tyler Friel saying so long for now.